All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. This is episode 84, and quite a bit has happened since I recorded the last episode not that long ago, but it just a lot of important things have taken place since that episode was recorded. I was kind of repeatedly putting off uh, this episode to wait to see what was going to happen with the NFL appealing the Deshaun Watson suspension and what that result was going to be. And as always, the process takes far longer than any of us would like. Uh, So kept pushing back a little bit um, and then wanted to get that preseason game in there today as well. So going to be covering everything from the suspension to both of the first two preseason games couple injuries to talk about, but I wanted to start off with a few NBA things before we get into all of that. Um, So first off, LeBron just signed a two-year extension with the Lakers for $97.1 million. Pretty incredible that at his age, he is still able to play at such a high level that he can make that type of money and it is still worth that type of money. Uh, I, I think people forgot how well he still played last season because the Lakers were so bad Uh, but he is he is worth that money still in this league and uh, you know I was a little bit disappointed to see him sign that extension because I've been pushing for the LeBron return to the Cavs not that it's out of the question now it can still certainly happen before his career ends but um, was kind of bummed because I felt like man this is the time to hop on the Cavs bandwagon we are having fun over here Uh, But I think that puts him in a good position to be able to make a decision when Bronny comes into the league, just depending on how many years of college Bronny ends up playing. Uh, And in that saga, the rumors of where Bronny is going to go to college have started circulating. Uh, LeBron made a tweet that basically Bronny has not talked to you know a ton of schools yet and they haven't put a lot of thought into the process so far because there were some rumors that Oregon was leading the leading the pack so far Uh, and at first that kind of confused me and then I kind of put the Nike situation together there then being headquartered there and the connection with LeBron and Nike uh, so that would make a lot of sense but I am still fully convinced that Bronny needs to go to Ohio State he needs to fulfill the legacy that LeBron set where he said that if he went to college he would have gone to Ohio State so I think Bronny needs to fulfill that and become a Buckeye but We'll see what happens. I mean, he's got some time to decide here going into his his senior year here, I believe. So um, that'll be interesting to follow. And wherever he goes, the media spectacle and the money that is going to be brought into that school just for the sheer fact that it is LeBron's kid is going to be pretty insane. So whatever school gets him is certainly lucky for that. Okay, one other NBA thing I wanted to talk about real quick was the schedule release. I don't know if I have been that excited for an NBA schedule release in a long time, um, but I was really looking forward to it, even though it's a lot of games, so it's not like the NFL schedule release where, you know, when you play certain teams is so important. There's some of that in the NBA schedule, like if you have, you know, a crazy long West Coast trip or if the travel is a little bit out of control. But obviously it's extremely important in the NFL, the order that you play teams in, you know, if you're playing them home or away, there's just a lot of factors that matter more. Uh, So I don't usually get super pumped for the NBA schedule release, but I was really excited this time because 
I don't know if it's the dark cloud that's been around the Browns this offseason, but it makes me just want to rally around a team like the Cavs a lot more, who's just a fun young team of people that are really easy to root for. Uh, so I'm just so excited for this season to start. And they actually had nine national TV games announced for this season uh, to go through them. There's two on TNT, which I, I wish they had more on TNT. That's a really special uh, spot to have. So I wish they had more on TNT, but they have two home games against the Lakers and Grizzlies on TNT. Uh, three games on ESPN, Boston, Pelicans, and 76ers, and then they're on NBA TV four times, which is sort of a national TV game, I guess, uh, Clippers Heat, and then the Nets twice. Uh, so a little bit more notoriety this season in terms of what we are getting in our schedule because, you know, it was disappointing last season. I believe we only had two national TV games, and it just didn't feel like we were getting the respect we deserved, which I understand we kind of came out of nowhere last year. But now we've set the precedent that this team is serious. They're young, so they're obviously only going up from here. Uh, and nationally, people should be able to see them more times than two. Uh, so happy to at least see a couple more. But it's still crazy when you look at, like, a team that has that national brand like the Lakers I swear half of their games are on national TV it's it's pretty crazy um but uh, at least you know I live nice and close to Rock and Mortgage Fieldhouse and will be going to as many games as I possibly can so I don't even need the national TV games I got it right around the corner which is uh just a just a privilege to have okay so that's all I wanted to talk about NBA wise uh, quickly want to get into the few injuries that the Browns have had to deal with so far. Start off with the the sad stuff, but uh, obviously Jakeem Grant was injured in training camp one day, and man, that one really, that one hurt. Um, I was really looking forward to having a guy that was supposed to be our next Josh Cribs and could return the ball well and consistently. And it's, I mean, it's sad to see any player go down with a season ending injury because they work so hard for this and to have it be such a brutal injury that's literally going to take away a full year of their career is really upsetting and it has to be so mentally hard on them not just physically hard and the recovery and all of those things you have to go through but mentally to not be able to do your job for a year is is very frustrating so super sad for him and I don't know what we are going to do at the returner position it seems like they are just testing out a bunch of guys in preseason and just see if anyone stands out and what they go with from there um, so that's definitely a bummer because it feels like they went and got Jakeem to specifically correct the problem we've had in special teams um, in that area. So unfortunate for him. The other big injury was obviously Nick Harris in the preseason game. couple snaps in really went down uh, and it, it didn't look good from the start. You knew it was going to be bad season-ending injury for him as well. Uh, sucks for a young player. Uh, sucks for someone who was going to be a starter for us at that center position after having J.C. Treader there for so many years. It felt like Nick Harris was really ready to take on the role, was really ready to step up, and the team seemed really excited about him. I know there was a lot of talk on about him on building the Browns this year, and I was really looking forward to what he was going to be able to do, so it's definitely unfortunate for him. Looks like Ethan Postich... I think I said that right. Um, I get it wrong every time. Is uh, is going to end up being the starter, and you know I don't think we're in a horrible position because our line uh, 
is pretty good. So he's just going to have to hold it down. And he has a lot of experience. He played in Seattle for uh, quite some time and has started many games in his career where I feel like he'll be able to hold it down. But I swear to God, if anyone else goes down at that position, it's not going to be it's not going to be pretty. Um, I believe uh, it was the seventh rounder that we drafted this year, Dawson Deaton. He he went down in practice as well. So it was just like, man, we are not doing well at this position. Uh, so Ethan, stay healthy bubble wrap whatever we got to do until week one nobody touch him because we just we can't deal with a a pile on at one specific position that's when it starts to to get you when it's you know not spread out across a couple different positions when it's it's just directed at one um those were the two big ones that we've seen so far knock on wood um but we got one preseason game left so Hoping everyone can stay healthy throughout the rest of this and we can get right into the regular season without any horrible things happening. Okay, so now for some suspension talk before we get into the preseason games. So obviously, last episode I had recorded where Sue Robinson gave her decision on six games as the suspension for Deshaun Watson without any fine at all. Um, The NFL had a couple days to appeal, and I had said I didn't think they were going to appeal because I didn't think they wanted to take this issue to court, even though the NFL was most definitely going to win in court against the NFLPA. I didn't think they wanted to go there to open up the can of worms of conversations about owners and uh, things that they have done in their past that are uh, not so great and have not been given any punishment for those things over the course of time. I just didn't think that the NFL wanted that to even come up at all so that they might just take this this suspension of six games and go with it. That did not happen. They ended up appealing. Um, but at that point, I still even was like, okay, they appealed, but there's got to be a settlement reached because the NFL does not want to take this to court and go through the legal battle and have all those things come up. So that is what ended up happening. The NFL and Sean Watson settled on 11 games and a $5 million fine. The money that of that $5 million fine will go to organizations that help with education on sexual assault prevention. Um, also, the Browns and the NFL are each donating a million dollars to those same types of organizations as well. So I'm, I'm glad they did that because if it, at least if you're going to fine him, put it to organizations that kind of help what he committed um, in some messed up way. It does, you know, make me feel good that that money is going towards a good cause like that. Um, But I was a little bit surprised to see 11 games. I was thinking 10 or 12 never picked in an odd number of games to be the final selection. But um, I think there were two reasons that happened. One, it protected Deshaun Watson and his his ability to have the contract work in the way he wants and two Deshaun Watson will be returning against the Houston Texans in week 13 and the NFL would never walk away from an opportunity to have a storyline like that that they can plaster all over the media the the TV ratings are going to be absolutely insane for that game even though the Texans aren't supposed to be a very good team. Um, just the storyline is something that I didn't think the NFL would want to shy away from, as they never do. So um, 
11 games it is, and Jacoby Brissett is going to be the starter for those first 11 games. Seems like based on preseason play, Josh Dobbs is going to be the backup. I don't really think Josh Rosen is in the conversation at this point. Um, but it seems like the guys really love Jacoby, so you know he's he's going to be an okay quarterback. We know he is not going to be top 15, top 20. That's just not his MO. But if he can have okay quarterback play, protect the ball. We really focus on the run game. We have a great room of running backs. We can win some games. Um, I'm still a little nervous even once Deshaun comes back, though. I don't know if he's going to be 2020 Deshaun Watson because he has not played football in a very long time. The crowds are going to be extremely hostile towards him. Um, Rightfully so. If they feel that way, they are very much entitled to boo him. um, And that is going to be something he's going to have to deal with for quite some time. I'm not sure when that will even die down necessarily. So uh, it's going to be a lot for him when he comes back for even those last few games of the season to be able to get wins and push through there at the end. So I have almost no predictions for how this season is going to go at this point. My guess is like eight or nine wins maybe, but I don't know. It's really hard to say how it's going to go and how this this offense is going to function with Jacoby Brissett. Um, but anyways, back to the specific suspension conversation. After this settlement was released, uh, Deshaun spoke to the media again, as well as Jimmy and Dee speaking to the media. And boy, that was uh, that was a lot to take in. As I've said before in this podcast, I wish they would stop having Jimmy Haslam speak to the media. I know it's like custom for the owner to speak when these major things are happening, but he does such a horrible job every time. It's really, it, it doesn't make things better. It doesn't help the situation. It doesn't help the team. It doesn't help Deshaun. It's just not good every time. Um, D is always constantly jumping in, trying to provide some level of empathy or understanding for people who have issues with, what, with what's happening. I mean, even this time, Jimmy kind of threw Kareem Hunt under the bus by basically saying we gave Kareem Hunt a second chance. So, you know, why? And that worked out well for us. So why can't we give him a second chance too? And it was just, it was a little bit distasteful to take another one of your players who had a extremely different situation than what Deshaun Watson is going through and to throw him under the bus in that way. Just very strange. And you could see the look on Andrew Barry's face, just thinking what is happening right now? What the hell is this guy saying? Um, so I, I just wish they would have Jimmy maybe take a back seat, maybe just put D out there sometimes because it's not good and it doesn't help the situation. So then we had Deshaun speak as well. And this was a little bit disheartening after last week when he spoke to Aditi um, right before the preseason game. And it was one of the first times you had really seen him express some level of empathy or just a feeling of remorse for what he did, saying he, you know, was sorry to women who were affected by what he did and that his actions and the decisions he made in his life put him in that position. Uh, It was one of the first times I've really heard a level of accountability from him. So it was a, it was a bit unfortunate when he pretty much backtracked on that in his conversations after the settlement was released and was saying, I have kind of like the original press conference saying, I've never disrespected any woman, um, maintaining his innocence still, that he did not do anything wrong. And 
uh, it's making it really hard for a lot of people. There are so many people that just want him to say something to believe that he understands what he has done so that they can move forward uh, as a Browns fan or as a fan of this league. Just to have some level of understanding and empathy is what people are looking for. And it's really frustrating to a lot of fans when they're not getting that. And I, I get it. Even so much as for him to say that he, he he could maintain his you know innocence criminally, obviously that was how it appeared in the court of law, which is a whole nother conversation just about how hard sexual assault is to prove in the court of law. But um, just for him to even mention some level of understanding for how his actions maybe affected those women in a negative way when he didn't realize it in the moment and understanding that maybe he has now of the power dynamics that were at play where he is a very well-known professional athlete and the power that he has over other people uh, maybe gaining an understanding of that just to have something for him to be like you know what I can get now why what I did made these women uncomfortable maybe I didn't understand it at the time and I didn't think I was doing anything wrong because x y and z but now hearing from other people I understand that I used my power in you know this way and just to just to even hear that to hear the growth would be it would mean so much to so many people uh for them to move forward as fans and it's it's hard that we can't get anything. Now, I don't know if he's still maintaining this because I believe that there is one allegation that is still has not been settled yet and is still an open case and maybe he's waiting for that. He still maintains that he's going to tell his side of the story at some point. I'm not sure what that's going to look like if it'll be a sit-down interview format where he can say his perspective and where he was coming from throughout all of this, but I just I want at some point to really hear from him some acknowledgement that maybe the way he saw things happen could be different to someone else and that he gets why that is. Uh, And I don't know if we're ever going to get that, which is unfortunate because when things have happened with other NFL players in the past, the way a lot of people are able to move forward is when they see that that level of um, apologizing, understanding, wanting to be better, wanting to move forward. And it's hard to do that in this situation when you have him saying he wants to be a better person, but still maintaining that he didn't do anything wrong. It's very contradictory and it makes it really hard um, to see where he's coming from when he is constantly throwing out different statements that aren't all aligning with each other. So we'll see as time goes on. Obviously, he's not going to be playing for a while, so I'm not sure when we are going to hear from him again. Uh, from like a media perspective when he'll have the opportunity to talk or if this other case settles and he does end up sitting down with someone and kind of telling his his side of the story uh, when that'll even happen so we kind of just have to move forward with Jacoby for now and then you know, reevaluate once we get to the point that Deshaun is going to be coming back out on the field or if he is able to say anything else at any point in time but It was disappointing. I I was hoping for a little bit more understanding in those conversations and not the return to deflecting that he's never disrespected a woman, which like, yes, you have. We all have. Everyone's disrespected women before. So it's like making these extreme statements. It looks bad because it it looks like he's lying. (laughs) And that's what's uh, that's what's tough for a lot of people. So 
we will see how that goes moving forward. Okay, needed a drink of water there. <laughs> so getting into the preseason games, want to start with the first preseason game against Jacksonville, and then we'll get into the game that just happened against the Eagles. So a couple highlights from the first preseason game for me were, was the rookie class in general. Obviously, we did not have early round picks, so uh, you wouldn't think you would see a lot of standout player things to get really excited about, but we did end up seeing that, especially in this first game. Um, Cade York, our guy, our kicker, the future, the next Phil Dawson, uh, he was he was consistent in that first game, which was good. Nothing crazy, just standard stuff, but that's what you like to see. Three extra points and a 31-yard field goal. Uh, so that was nice. You know, no misses there. Then we had Jerome Ford, who had 10 carries for 57 yards and a touchdown, as well as four catches for 45 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he was looking like a combination of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. There's a lot of things that he can do that look a lot like Kareem Hunt, but when he's out there physically running, he looks like Nick Chubb. And it's pretty exciting to see just for the future of that running back room. Because, uh, you know, Nick and Kareem are getting older and there's a lot of questions about Kareem and what is going to happen with him and his future with the Browns, all the conversations about him requesting a trade, asking for an extension, just different stuff happening. So it's good to know we have a young guy that seems like he can be the future for us at the position. He had a nice 41-yard run for a massive gain and uh, in that game, and it just it was awesome to see him play confidently the way he did. I know it's just preseason, but those things stand out and those consistent tight plays over time matter a lot, especially for a rookie getting out there in an NFL stadium for the first time. I think it matters a lot. Then you had Isaiah Thomas, who looked pretty good. He had two sacks and three tackles for a loss. Um, it, it was nice to see him get some good play. I'm not sure how much he's actually going to get once the regular season starts, but again, there is no need to have you know less depth at that position you could have as many talented players there as you want so for a guy who was a I believe a sixth round pick maybe um it was good to see him play that well and then last you had MJ Emerson a beautiful interception for a touchdown the way he reached in there and grabbed that ball out that was great to see looked fast to running that in um and he was our our first pick in this year's draft so uh, nice to see him have a good play as well. Then we had the second game that just happened against the Eagles. And uh, a couple other different things stood out to me this time. Josh Dobbs, I thought, looked really good and made me a lot more confident going into the season, knowing that he is going to be the backup to Jacoby Brissett for the first 11 games when Jacoby is starting. Um, it seems like he's going to be the backup, at least. I'll say that. Obviously, that has not been officially announced because um, Josh Rosen is still on, you know, competing for that job as well. But I think everyone's pretty confident it's going to end up being Dobbs. Uh, and he just, he's a likable guy as well, just a good person. He's a rocket scientist, pretty cool. Um, but just seems like a good person. He seemed comfortable in the offense. He had control of the team, all things that you want to see from a guy who's going to have to to be the backup for, you know, 11 weeks potentially. So uh, loved, loved seeing that. Um, someone interesting that I was not expecting to see a lot from, and this was actually in both preseason games, was uh, D'Anthony Bell, who was 
a undrafted free agent from this year's draft. He's 25 years old, so he was a little bit on the older side, which may have been why he was in that position, but he's a safety, and he had a lot of good plays in both games and has looked really good, and I would just keep an eye on him as we go into these cutdowns to see if he ends up even potentially making the the 53, um, or at least, you know, going to be a good practice squad player that could get called up and get some time. So um was exciting to see a guy that I really didn't know a lot about step up and have some good moments. And it's always excited for undrafted guys too. I think there's some gems out there uh, that you can find that for whatever reason fell out, could be their age, could be a number of different things. So uh, enjoyed seeing that. Um, a little bit of Cade York again. That was nice. He was two for three for field goals, a long one from 50 yards. Um, he had a 55-yarder that was a doink that he missed, which was unfortunate, but it had the distance to make it there. If it was for a little bit longer, I actually think it would have gone in because of the angle that it was coming in at. So I think he was just testing some things, just messing around with it. Look like first energy is a hard place to kick in, definitely a challenging place. So it's uh it's okay to see a preseason miss getting it out of the way just to mess around with some stuff i think he's going to be fine but um good to see that 50 yarder that was that was really nice uh to see we we usually don't make those on our team and then lastly david bell uh he did not play in the first preseason game i can't remember if it was injury or if there was another reason but he didn't play in that game um, had an opportunity this game he had three receptions for 46 yards and he looked really good running his routes, uh, seemed confident, knew what he was doing. He had one drop-ish, um, but I wouldn't look too much into that. I know he is known for not dropping the ball, uh, but you know you can't overthink everything that happens in a preseason game. I think you need to focus on the good things that they're doing and improving upon, such as his route running and just the way he looked confident on the field uh, and was was connecting well out there. So Really, really love to see that as well. Um, I know with the preseason games, it's it's weird because like last year we went 3-0 and in the preseason and got so hyped about it, ready to go. And the season ended up being one of the more frustrating seasons ever just because expectations were so high and we did not end up living up to them. So I know it's not good to put all of your stock into the preseason, but it is fun to be able to see some guys shine, see some guys really fight for roster spots. Uh, it's important to a lot of them to be able to make this team and you know, those moments happen not just in training camp practices, but they also happen in the preseason. So um, definitely good to watch those highlights and get a few snippets of what what is to come. So that is all I have for you guys today. Next episode, I think I want to start doing some 2022 season predictions league-wide, what I'm looking at, what I'm, I'm feeling for this year. Um, haven't thought too much about it yet, so we'll have to work on that and get that ready for you guys but football is here we've got one more preseason game against the bears uh on this coming saturday so that'll close things out for the preseason and then football is back and it becomes our entire personalities until february which i wouldn't have it any other way i am super excited even though it's been i would say one of the more tough off seasons to get excited about uh, when you turn these preseason games on and you see especially the young guys like make great plays it's hard to not get excited and want to rally around them i know everything with deshaun has been hard and it's put a little bit of cloud 
a little bit of a cloud over things. I, I think it's still important to focus on what will end up being another 52 guys on the roster and how they are living their dreams. They are playing for the Cleveland Browns and they want to play well for us and to also focus on those guys and what they're bringing to the city and not just focus on the bad that has been the last couple of months and conversations nationally. So it's kind of where I'm I'm at right now. I'm I'm ready to go and uh, ready to watch some football. So if you guys could just leave a review or rating, that would be awesome. Um, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. And I will catch you guys on the next one.